0: Hi, my name's Nia Singleton, and I'm a woman working in a man's world. The steel industry is overwhelmingly male. Only 11% of Tata Steel UK's workforce are women, so I've been on a bit of a mission to seek out and speak to some of those 11%. The women who laid the foundation stones for others like me to walk upon. Role models inspirational figures, high flyers, and those who are at the start of their careers. Across this series, they will be sharing their experiences and how they've been able to make their mark in what has traditionally been a male space. So join me for a conversation with the Women of Steel. Today's guest is Dr Amy Goodall. Amy is a process technology specialist at Tata Steel's site. Having studied forensic science at De Montfort University, it was by chance that Amy discovered that there could be a field of study and work around metallurgy. Completing her PhD in 2019, Amy is also vice chair of the IOM3 Student and Early Careers Committee. Growing up in the steel town of Corby, I'm sure that she will have known about the industry, but I wondered did Amy ever think that she would be working in steel Hi, Amy. Welcome to the podcast. So was it always inevitable that you would be working in steel coming from Corby?
1: Hi, Nia, Um honestly, I had never considered working in the steel industry growing up. Um there was kind of a narrative that go to university, go and get a good job um leave Corby behind, particularly in my family mm. um so yeah, I I was encouraged to leave Corby, which which I did, and then ended up in another steel town. <laughs>
0: because um, we spoke earlier, and you, and you said that um, your grandparents have had moved from Scotland to Corby, or their family had moved from Scotland to Corby for the steel industry. So it, it would have played a significant role in, in your upbringing then, in a way.
1: Yeah, there's always, always been kind of that presence of the steel work, um, knowing people who've worked in the steel industry, so it's
0: always been there. You then, um, as a teenager, you decide you know you you are going to leave Colby. You're going to university, and you decide now that you are studying forensic science. Why was that then? What what interested you in in forensic science?
1: If I'm honest, um, I was originally gonna do biology or geography at university. I didn't do very well in my A levels. Didn't get the grades, and the next year for me the student fees were increasing so I went through clearing forensic
0: science sounded interesting yeah so by chance but then I suppose another sort of by chance thing happened to you then so you're in the middle of doing your forensic science degree and then there was um a lecture or a guest lecture is that talking talking then about metallurgy and I suppose was that that sort of like light bulb moment when you sort of thought to yourself well oh, didn't know about this in school, I can do this as a job.
1: Yeah, yeah um, so yeah, uh, we had a module on materials and one of the lecturer, he kind of passing comments said, you can study metallurgy, metals, um, their properties. And for him, it was just a sentence. And for me, I was like, that sounds so interesting. And the next summer, I got some work experience in Corby's steelworks, you came
0: home, <laughs> came home to steel, um, and you've decided, oh look, maybe this, <laughs> this is where I belong all along. <laughs> the girl from the steel town who now is interested in metals and metallurgy and, and steel as a material. Um, mm-hmm. so how was that summer for you then?
1: Yeah, um, it it was like really interesting, um, in Corby in the uh, metallurgy labs. So I learned polishing looking at microstructures, which was obviously I did quite a lot of microscopy with a forensic science degree. So that was a nice transferable skill. Getting to see the different parts, part of the site. Um and then the people were really lovely as well. So that was good.
0: So that was um so you're a placement student then just for a mm-hmm. summer is it is it like a 12 yeah. placement? Um so then you go and you finalise your degree How did you end up back then in the steel industry? What's the timeline for that?
1: Um, So I finished my forensic science degree in 2014 and then started a PhD that year as well. And that was sponsored by Tata Steel. I studied at the University of Birmingham for that. And then, um, yeah, started here in 2018. Mm -hmm. After going to a PhD-related seminar and meeting my manager's manager who who said what are you doing after your PhD and I was like hopefully someone will give me
0: a job. I didn't know that Tata Steel had sponsored you in your PhD as well Mm -hmm. so I suppose the steel industry then has played a real prominent role in in your career um, and to date but I suppose that must have been really challenging as well completing your PhD and then um, because you completed that in 2019 you started work for us in 2018 how how was that?
1: Very difficult um, yeah tougher than I anticipated everyone warned me it's probably not a good idea but I I am really glad that I took on the challenge it was nice to see a different side of steel and to kind of keep that enthusiasm where near the end of my PhD I was struggling a bit yeah. Uh, so yeah it, it was really tricky uh, working full-time yeah. And then driving to the nearby retail park, working in the coffee shop for a few hours, and then going home, I was exhausted. It was really, really mentally taxing. Um, but I've I've finished it now, so. Yeah. <laughs> not like at the I, end of the tunnel
0: yeah and I can imagine the relief that you must have had when you sort of handed in your thesis and sort of like goodbye it's done yeah
1: <laughs> yeah totally um I handed in at December 2019 so I was like yes okay this decade's nearly finished education's over yeah Great.
0: but you know so you say that you, you were working full-time and then you would go to the retail park and like plug in at a cost of coffee or whatever mm-hmm. and that must have been really exhausting and like you say mentally and physically draining to sort of juggle both sort of worlds but now you you, you've got some time from that you can look back have you got any hints or tips for somebody who might be listening who is considering embarking upon doing some academic study whilst also working or you know have you got any anything that you learned along the way or lessons that you, you could pass on?
1: So there's definitely things I would have done differently not being as harsh on myself there were times where I was like no can't do it tonight but then I felt guilty towards that I'm like well, it's only a few hours you're only gonna be sat down writing like, but it it's not it's more than that so yeah don't be harsh on yourself and take time to see family and friends try and have as much of a work-life balance as you can when when I'm stressed I stop exercising and I don't do the dishes um but they're the kind of things that I, I need to carry on doing
0: to mm. stop myself being stressed no I know I know exactly what you mean because it, it is that, that sort of um weirdly self-care isn't it <laughs> to have you know to have not a sink full of dishes because then that makes you feel like even more of a like you know oh look at that I can't even yeah. do that. Now as well, you know. Yeah. Dishes are dirty as well. Yeah, so I, I, I can identify <laughs> with that. I know what you mean there. So I suppose taking time for yourself, then not always turning down every social plan. Um yeah. because you're right, you know, somebody might have a barbecue on a Saturday afternoon and you think to yourself, Well, I can't possibly go. But really, in reality, you could maybe wake up a little bit earlier, do a couple of hours, and then go and enjoy that barbecue and you know, yeah. have that afternoon with your family or your friends. Because I think many people will be guilty of that. You sort of compartmentalise and you think, right, my life will begin again once this academic stuff is over. Because it looms over your head, doesn't it? 24 Mm -hmm. hours a day, seven days a week until you've reached the deadline and you've handed it in. Um, So I think that's really, really good advice, actually. I was going to ask, what are you proudest of in your career to date? Would it be that juggling your PhD and work? Yeah, I think
1: that's the kind of the biggest the biggest tangible thing of look i've got a certificate at the end of it as well but yeah kind of pushing myself and no- knowing that i can do it um where there were moments that i was doubting myself i'm like really struggling to get get through it but yeah i'd i'd say managing that challenge and now if i'm struggling where i've got a project which i'm finding difficult it seems a bit less daunting because well, if I if I could work a full week on top of writing a PhD and trying to have a life, then I can
0: get through this project. That's it's good. It's good perspective giver. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, do you have any mentors in the workplace then that have helped you and um, are still helping you to develop and grow within your role and within your career? Um, not any which have kind of like had that that title
1: to them. Um. So, my manager he's great; he kind of like coaches me, and if there's points out areas of development I hadn't considered yeah. um and uh, but there's there are people who kind of identify traits in them which yeah. I want so um speaking to speaking to them i I work a lot with um Leslie ovens and Kate Watts, and you know I've not said this to them, so <laughs>
0: shout out
1: (laughs) yeah um but no there's definitely like things I can see I'm like okay I I like the way they approach that or their attitude towards this and try and take it on myself
0: and I think that's Essentially, I think uh, a role of a good mentor is, isn't it, is to sort of role model behaviour that we want to then emulate and adopt in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose it's quite interesting that you mentioned then that um, so you've got a, a male manager who is an inspiration to you and, and helps you develop and grow, but also that you highlighted then that there are two women that you you sort of look up to um, and admire. I want to adopt some of the the ways that they work what what has it been like then for you as a woman working in a male dominated field
1: I, It's been okay it's yeah mostly been really good um i I find that it's often other people who point out that I'm a female in a male dominated industry mm-hmm. and
0: I don't know that can be quite annoying sometimes. <laughs> Well it can be, can't it, if somebody's pointing out your otherness. As as I'm doing it right now.
1: (laughs) But I think there's a difference. Like someone pointing out to you and someone kind of celebrating and promoting differences. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. One thing to celebrate and be like, okay, this is not currently the norm, but it should be. But if someone comes into the workplace and straight away, okay, this is a difference about you when you're trying to
0: Trying to get on in a new role and like trying to fit in. So have you ever felt then sort of othered or singled out because you're a woman, or have you know, have your teams always just wrap their arms around you and it's, you know, regardless of gender, it makes a difference.
1: I think most of the time, regardless of gender, it makes no difference. Um occasionally if I enter a room and people are like, No swearing, she's a female.
0: <laughs> Classic. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah. Which I'm sh- I'm sure you
0: can identify with as well. I can until I open my own mouth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: I wasn't going to say my response because we're on the podcast. But... <laughs> but yeah, and um, yeah, mo- mostly it's 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 positive and it's good
0: because you are are also doing um work so you're vice chair now of the IOM3 student and early careers committee but I know that um you and I have have been in touch in the past because you are looking to bring in um school children onto the site so that they get to learn more about um the industry and and you know hopefully be enthusiastic about it and want to join it you know and consider career why is that important to you then that you sort of are inspiring the next generation. Yeah, um, I think it's important to me
1: more because I didn't have that. Um, yeah. I I didn't realize that there were so many great roles in the steel industry. I think we talked about this before. If you can't see it, you can't be it. That's it. So, yeah, just it, like educating people about what what's going on, what what they can do, and especially people who are kind of from near a steel town for me it was important to kind of go out there go see the world move away Mm -hmm. but that might not be possible for some people
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so if you can't you don't realize what's there then no and I difficult
0: yeah and 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 I think sometimes you know as a young teenager you might think oh I'm gonna leave this place what a dump you know your whole whole town is like a dump oh so boring how do my parents even live here what a boring place but then you know sometimes there's 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 adventure on your own doorstep yeah and and like you say growing up in a steel town you might have a maybe a stereotypical view of the roles maybe from your own family and friends that are available to you in that industry and you might think that it doesn't belong to you you know or it's not for you so I think like you say it is really important then to sort of open children's eyes to the possibilities and the opportunities that are there that maybe are outside of their scope of understanding at that time yeah Um, I think it's particularly then even more important for for girls because you know societally we don't push girls into sort of engineering or technical roles you know if they have sort of science aptitude or whatever we'll say well wouldn't you be a lovely nurse or or a doctor? Uh, you know where they could have a fantastic career you know gl- across the world couldn't they you know if they if they work in technology or engineering so I think that's a really important part of it so I think mm. it's fantastic that you sort of put your head above the parapet and and went to sort of take it on because it's it's hard work to organize these events and on top of your job as well it is a lot of work so well done <laughs> you for doing it I would say
1: yeah, ho- hopefully it will. I don't know in ten years' time there'll be
0: more females. Well, that's it, and you never know. There might be one girl you know comes on to this tour that you're arranging, and then sort of ten years' time, fifteen years' time, they could say, "Well, it all started for me when I met Dr. Amy, yeah, <laughs> Steele, and she inspired me." And and I think sometimes we don't realise how much we might inspire others. So it's so it is important, isn't it, to sort of to do what we can and volunteer and and help out. Yeah. Now, if if you were to speak to 18-year-old Amy, what advice would you give her for, you know, the career that's ahead? What would you say to her?
1: Um, I think at 18 years old, I've just failed my A-levels. So probably not very confident. But first of all, I'm not stupid. I I can do it. Um, And I I find a lot of time people like... um, I found that when I was growing up that people would be like oh you'll grow up your enthusiasm um you'll you'll see what the world's really like um I find that quite negative so I'd want myself to keep the enthusiasm which I feel like I've still got I'd say enjoy enjoy things um stressing about exams or waiting for results if there's nothing I can do might as well just carry and enjoy it and keep pushing myself out of my comfort zone so i can get new experiences and develop yeah make the most of it well that
0: to be honest i think you're speaking to everybody who's listening really (laughs) because um that is really good advice isn't it it's sort of just worry about what's in your control you know and if you if you're waiting on a result if you're waiting on exams whatever and there will be you know young people over the summer waiting anxiously waiting it's sort of well as long as you've done your best You can't just enjoy now because what can you do? You can't worry about it. And also, I think it's really important to to hear of somebody who's gone on and had a really successful career and um is successful academically. You know, after they didn't get the results that they wanted in their A levels because you feel a lot rides on that don't you when you're sort of mm. 17 18 and you're waiting for you know August the 16th or whatever the date is every and you're like oh my goodness you know I, if I don't get into this this university doing this course my life will never be the same but your life is just starting isn't it and mm. it'll go the direction it the trajectory it needs to Um, so I suppose just roll with the punches in a way isn't it
1: yeah definitely no, at 18, I would have never imagined I'd be in my role, um, doing the job
0: I'm doing. It's all surprises. And, and that's the booty of it, I suppose, isn't it? <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to me. It's been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you today and to find out a bit more about your childhood and your inspiration around how you came to join the steel industry although you're a steel girl all the time anyway <laughs> we just, <laughs> just unleashed within you um, but it's been fantastic to chat with you and I know that you're going to go on to do fantastic things in your career you're already doing fantastic things so thank you very much for your time today thanks for having me as someone who never imagined they'd end up in the steel industry, despite their strong family links to steel, I find it fascinating that it was a chance lecture while at uni that introduced Amy to the world of material science. And then a lot of hard work and a doctorate later, sponsored by Tata Steel, she's now enjoying a varied career in the industry that she was almost told to avoid. could all learn some great tips from Amy around time management, but also giving yourself permission to enjoy yourself when you're working towards an academic goal, or indeed any goal. But it is testament to Amy's determination, meeting the challenge of working full-time and juggling a PhD. That is no mean feat. So well done, Dr Amy Goodall. You're a true woman of steel.